it says, Westminster Confession of Faith 1.6, meaning chapter 1, section 6. The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and governance of the Church common to human actions and societies which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed. Okay, what does all that mean? Um, basically, just three things. And they all have to do with the word sufficient. Sufficient, okay? Um, so in this section, it teaches three things. One, that God's word, so our Bible, God's word is entirely sufficient for all of our spiritual needs. Whatever spiritual needs we have, everything that we need spiritually is, uh, can be found sufficiently in God's Word. Uh, meaning, uh, we don't need to go to other places. Careful, there's a cup of coffee right there on the ground. I don't want you guys to spill it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, everything that we need spiritually uh, everything that we need for salvation is found in God's Word. This is the only source we need. We don't need other sources. Uh, it's found in God's Word, and of course the Holy Spirit works in our hearts to help us understand God's Word. Okay, uh, Just a couple of verses to show us this. Of course, the first verse would be, well, let's go to Acts 20. Acts 20, um, if you want to flip there in your Bibles, you can, you don't have to, but Acts 20 is the part in uh, Acts where Paul is saying goodbye to the Ephesian elders. Paul's planted this church in Ephesus, and, um, and now he is on his way back to Jerusalem. He knows he's going to get arrested, and so this is the last time that he, he speaks with the elders of that Ephesian church. And in Acts 20, verse 20, this is what he says to them. Uh, well, let's begin in verse 17. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church, meaning Paul called for the elders of the Ephesian church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Verse 20, how I kept nothing, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. So in verse 20, as Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders and saying goodbye, he's basically telling them, look, you know me. And I've served with you and I've, you know, shared uh, things about God and salvation and spiritual needs to you. But in verse 20, he says, 
I kept back nothing that was helpful. Meaning, Paul gave them everything that was sufficient. You know, he's using double negatives there. But if you, you know, turn it around and rephrase it positively, Paul's basically saying, everything you need, I gave to you. I didn't hold anything back. Everything you need that's you need for salvation, that you need for spiritual life, I gave it to you. All right? So the Ephesian elders do not need to go to other sources. They don't need to go on the internet. They don't need to go on YouTube, TikTok. You know, they don't need to read other books. Everything that they need for salvation and for their spiritual needs came from Paul. I kept nothing back from you that was helpful. Okay, furthermore, in verse 27, this is what Paul says. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. When Paul says the whole counsel of God, he's meaning the whole counsel of God in regards to our salvation in, you know, whatever spiritual needs that we have. Okay, so everything that God wanted to, to share with us about our salvation and spiritual needs, Paul is saying, I declare to you everything. I declare to you the whole counsel of God. In regards to these things and again uh, there's no need for these Ephesian elders to go to other sources like if there were Paul would have said look I gave you a good start I gave you a good head start or a good foundation now go figure out the rest of it by yourselves okay Paul says instead he says I gave you everything and then basically he says at the end guard it hold fast to it all right um, it's very different than for example, when I graduated from college at commencement, the commencement speaker got up and basically said, this education gave you a good foundation. Now go figure out the rest of it by yourselves, right? A good foundation. Now go build it up yourselves. That's very different message than what Paul's saying here. I gave you everything. Now guard it. All right. God's word is entirely sufficient for our salvation. Um, Second Timothy. Second uh, Timothy three, verses fifteen to sixteen. Uh, fifteen to seventeen. Second Timothy three, fifteen. Well, let's just do sixteen to seventeen. This is Paul, in a similar situation. He's kind of saying goodbye to one of his disciples, Timothy, and this is what Paul tells Timothy about God's word. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen to seventeen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse seventeen, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Okay, so in sixteen, Paul talks about what Scripture is. It's breathed out by God, and it's good for reproof. It's good for correction, and it's good for instruction in righteousness. Okay, that's all good, fine and well, but you might say, well, Paul, uh, what about other sources? You know, can't I go to the library and find more things to help me in my salvation? And Paul in verse 17 says, no, that's not necessary. Because if you just rely on Scripture, verse 17, the end, uh, the end result is that the man of God may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work if i'm complete in my education i don't need more education right if i'm complete 
If this thing is able to make me complete, there's no more complete to get, right? If this thing's able to make me 100% thoroughly equipped for every good work, then there's no, there's no need for me to go to anywhere else, okay? So God's word is entirely sufficient for all of our spiritual needs. The, the second thing that this confession teaches, God's word is entirely sufficient for all time. Not just for past time, but for all time. Okay? Um, Jude. If you're wondering where the book of Jude is, Jude is the second to last book. So it's right before Revelation. So it's actually a really easy book to find. Jude, there's only one chapter in the book of Jude. It's such a small book that I don't think folks really read it. But it's a very important book. Um, Jude, verse 3. There's no chapters because it's just one chapter. So Jude, verse 3. The Bible says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. That phrase, once for all, meaning... Whatever Jude is writing about, about this faith, about our faith, about this salvation that is by faith, okay? Whatever Jude and the apostles are writing about, this was delivered once for all to the, uh, to the, to the church. Meaning there's no more delivering, right? It was a one-time delivery. Um, you know, when you order pizza, uh, you would like it you would like it to be a once-for-all delivery of the whole pie, right? You don't like it to be, well, here's five slices, and then tomorrow we'll give you the remaining seven slices. You, you want a once-for-all delivery, and once the pizza guy's once-for-all delivered to you, you're not expecting him back, un unless you make another call, obviously, right? But this is the idea, right? Jude is saying, Jesus and the apostles, we've given you this faith, and we've delivered to you once-for-all to the saints which means God's word is sufficient for all time. There's no more deliveries. This is it. Um, let's talk about, there's a lot of verses. Let's do John 15, 15. What does Jesus say himself? Uh, John 15, 15. Just Sunday school. Yeah, questions are fine. Yes. Okay, so then, um, you know, if there's a lot of people um, because, you know, uh, social media, right? Sure. Where you hear like, um, well, you know, you know, God, you know, spoke to me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but red flag. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is a red flag, right? Because, I mean, how do we, how, I mean, so then, you know, how does God then speak to us? Right, exactly. How do you check that person, right? Um, so I, I hear two questions about what you asked there. One, one question is, what do you do about the person claiming that God's speaking to them? And then the second question is, how does God actually speak to us, okay? I'll answer the second question first, because that's easier. The way God speaks to us is through his word, through the Holy Spirit, uh, illumining us inwardly as we read the word or as we hear the word. 
because you, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you hear it. I mean, I know I come across all the time on YouTube where people are constantly oh, yeah. like, you know, uh, this is what the Lord, you know, Lord spoke to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, sometimes I am waiting and like say, well, where's the, you know, the verse that, you know, where you're saying that the Lord sure. actually. You know, so this is, the, so to answer the first part of the question, how do you know, you know, I, I treat everything in life like I'm going to the car salesman where like the, the, the salesman says, this is the best price. You're not going to find a better price anywhere else. I say, okay, I'm going to take that. I'll treat it with respect, but I'll take it with a pound of salt and I'll go and I'll do my own research and see if it, whether what you're saying is really true. That's how you ought to take everybody who says, oh, God spoke to me this way. Well, what did he tell you? Let me go check the word myself to see if it's actually true or not. You know, take whatever they say with a lot of salt. You know, you, you can't just, I mean, if we go through life just taking what people say at face value all the time, then we're, ac we're actually the ones who are fools, right? Um, yeah, people can say whatever they want. It's a free country, you know, freedom of speech. I'll tell you, underneath a lot of that, most of it, I would say maybe 99% of it is people wanting to validate themselves. And they can't find any other way to validate themselves, so they say, God told me. Okay? Um, but the way God actually speaks to us is, if I'm reading a verse... And a little inner voice says to me, hey, you've been forgetting to do that. Now go do it, right? That's the Holy Spirit telling me, reminding me through God's word. Hey, you know, you forgot to do this. Do it. Or if this part of scripture gives me encouragement, you know, in a, during a hard time. It's the Holy Spirit. Right, okay. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that's now... Um, you know, providing us our strength and, and encouragement. Is that, is that correct now? Like, yeah, yeah, no, but yes, but he gives us encouragement, he gives us conviction. Yeah, and correction too, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the Holy Spirit uses the instrument of the word. Okay, just like, well, how do you know you're at a real doctor? Well, what are the instruments the doctor uses? The, the scalpel? If you go to, if you go to a purported doctor, and he comes at you with a with a drill for a wall, or like a piston, you know, or like a, a gear remover for for a, a, a car. Even though he's got a sign saying "doctor," he's not a doctor because that's not the right tools that a doctor uses, right? A doctor uses a scalpel. A doctor uses you know whatever instruments. That's the same thing. The Holy Spirit. Jesus says the Holy Spirit. I will send the helper and he will remind you of the things that I have taught you. That's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, is that he uses God's word. That's the instrument that he uses, not other instruments, but God's We're word. Not even, so is it right to say then, so when someone says, then God told me to like tell you this, but it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, in, in the word, God is saying that it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do that for us, right? And then we, we learn it, obviously, when we come to worship, right? Yeah. We're, hearing, we're actually hearing from God then. It's not so much that... I mean, you're, you're just a vessel, but we're, we're really hearing from God through his word. Yeah, and you shouldn't take what I say as God's word itself. You should also be checking what I say through God's word. Okay, that's what you're supposed to do. Yes? Because also sometimes when we feel that it's 
confirmation of somebody telling you No. That you got to be very careful with that. Yeah. It's confirmed with what you already know. Yeah. And it's confirmed with you have read the scripture. Yeah. And then that you already know. Yeah. But somebody comes and tells you what you already know. Yeah. You still have to be very careful with that because there's such a thing called self-fulfilling prophecy. Right? Where you, you think about something so much where you start to think, you know, this has happened plenty of times. Right? Oh, I think this person likes me. Right? And then you start to see the signs. Oh, you know, this person does this. That must be a signal. And then this person said this about this person. So that must be a confirmation. And I read this in the word and that must be a confirmation. And you start to self-delude yourself into confirming for yourself things that are not true. It's called self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it's, it's part of our fallen human nature. We're not able to see things accurately. Okay? Yeah, but but you began the question with what if somebody gave you, what if somebody said something to you that confirmed stuff? You got to be very careful. Okay? I'll, I'll tell you this too. Salespeople, when they're trying to close a sale, they will do the same thing. They will give you a word that confirms something in you, but they're doing it maliciously. There's an ulterior motive because they're trying to close a sale. All right. I'll tell you what happens in a lot of Pentecostal and charismatic churches is that these pastors and teachers will go around giving people confirming words. Why? Because I want you to buy this holy water. I want you to give me $20 so we can make our dream come true. But the, you know, the $20 is to go buy their private plane or their, you know, private yacht or whatever, their million dollar mansion. All right. So just because somebody comes to you and says, I have a word to you and I want to confirm something in you. If it's coming from someone, you don't know what their motives are. You don't know what their intentions are. Okay. So the only trustworthy thing is in God's word. The only trustworthy and true thing is in God's word. Okay. Um, even if God tells you that through his word, if someone comes and tells you the same thing, so it's not true. God's word is true. Whatever person that comes and tells you, like, take that with a grain of salt, is what I'm saying. I've been lied to plenty of times. Through God's word? No, by other people coming and helping me in my own self-delusions. Okay? God's word never lies. The only trustworthy thing is in God's word. Okay, what other people tell you, even if it matches God's word, you gotta, you have to test it. You have to be aware of it. You have to be uh, sober about it because we don't know what's in men's hearts. We don't know if the person telling you stuff is out of good or evil intent. So you see that the, the biggest biblical example of that when Paul is in the town of Berea. Mm -hmm. So he's an apostle. Yeah. He's preaching the word of God. Yeah. But the word commends him because they examine the scripture to see if what he says is true. Yeah, they even check Paul. They yeah. Check yeah. Paul yeah. 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 Uh, to be very honest, this is the first time we're meeting, right? You don't know me from the next guy down the block. You don't know what my intentions are. You know, Mark knows me a little bit better, but still Mark doesn't know my full intentions. You know, I might be a carpetbagger. I may be a scoundrel. You know what I mean? I might be just doing this for whatever, for fame, for influence, for money or whatever. Right. You don't know me from the next person. So how do you how can you how can you trust the words that are coming out of my mouth? 
right? You, you have to, you can only trust scripture. You have to test what I say with scripture. Right. So in other words, then I'm hearing, okay, so we're hearing it. So now then, okay, we have to go back to the scriptures that was referenced, reread them for ourselves at the same time, you know, asking God, you know, to help us yes. understand that. Yeah. Right. Because we always have to ask, need to ask God, Lord, hey, he said X, Y, and Z. This is in your word. Lord, make it clear to me. And we have to ask God for that versus like maybe asking other people. Is that right or no? Yeah. So let, let me just end with this. You got to treat yourselves like IRS agents. Okay. When you get an, when you, when you're an IRS agent and you get somebody's tax return, you don't just take it at face value. You say, okay, well, this person reported this income and, you know, the, the tax return is fine. No, what do you do as an IRA agent? You, you, you do an audit. You check. Does this thing match up with their W-2s? Does this thing match up with their bank statements? Does this thing match up with whatever? And you check, right? That's what you're supposed to do as, not just as a Christian, I think as a human being, right? You check what you hear with some sort of, some standard of truth that you know is true. And for us, our standard of truth is God's word. Okay, so how I want to respond to you is God's word is on a level of truth that's unparalleled. Okay, now even if somebody else comes in and says something that is very, you know, aligns up with what you've read in God's word, still that person is not as authoritative as God's word. Okay, that's basically what I'm saying. All right. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping that was a little encouraging because that helps us navigate this, this broken world. There are many people that are evil, bad intentions, and we shouldn't be so trusting. And then, I mean, how about this one, though, too? I mean, like, um, you know, I was listening to one of my cousins that, you know, called himself an apostle, and I just chose not to give any comments on but, you know, I was listening to him a little bit. And one thing that was that was being uh, you know projected out in, in his his uh, uh, his message over and over uh, out to the people that were sitting is how you know uh, there's a word for you you know God has a you know yeah and, and it's always and I was thinking like myself and, and it was more of you know trying to I guess manipulate people's emotions because it's manipulation. And here's my question. Why? What's the end goal for your cousin? I mean, what's the end goal for him? Why does he, why is he in that business of manipulating people's emotions? Is it he, he needs a, he needs a weekly paycheck? He's trying to pay the bills because of their offerings? No, I, I, I think that, for, you know, for him, you know, he, he thinks, he thinks that he's actually doing the Lord's work. And I'm just saying, like, when you listen to the manipulation, you know, yeah. Hey, you know, Lord, you know, there's a blessing in your life. You know, you got to, you know, reach out and claim this. And and, and so, like, what is, I, I can't say what his, his interior motives are. Sure. Other than that, just knowing my cousin that I think yeah. that he's, think he's, he's ministering and he's proclaiming, you know, God's word, which is yeah. really, I think, manipulation will give it people false yeah. hope because it's, it's no gospel. There's, there's, you know, all that stuff is not rooted sincerely in, 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 in the gospel. Yeah, just to kind of tie everything up in our bow because we have to get to worship. Uh, God didn't do that for his own son. He didn't tell Jesus, name it and claim it. You know, every day is a blessing for you. 
especially on the cross, right? Actually, it was the reverse. When other people told Jesus, name it and claim it, there's a blessing for you if you just come down from the cross, right? You can do that because you're the son of God. Why don't you do that? And Jesus, who is God, who is sinless and perfect, said no, because life isn't about blessing every day. God doesn't promise blessing every day, even for Christians. Um, and there's definitely no name it and claim it, right? That's not part of any word, right? If God made his own son suffer on the cross, then certainly, you know, that concept of name it and claim it, and there's a blessing for each of you, that's, that's out the door, okay? So, so very simply, you know, if it matches with God's word, it's true. But if it doesn't, then, you know, you can toss it out the window no matter what the intentions are.